0: Hello. Hi, James, how are
1: you? Thanks for coming. <laughs>
2: uh, I'm great, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, just just working on setting up the microphone correctly so you guys can hear me better.
1: Okay, yeah, I'll in the meantime share on Twitter and so that we are about to start. Um, hey, everyone, uh, feel free to share the room with people you think that might be interested and i'm doing the same i'll be unmuting in 30 seconds
0: okay um people
1: will start um joining but um in the meantime as i said um i'm sharing also on instagram (laughs) that we are starting yeah it's things you can only do acutely when when people are here because if not it doesn't make any sense to share like a link where I'm just mentioned, like that I'm talking with
3: myself. <laughs> <laughs> what? I How's hope your it's day? Be... Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, for you, it's already evening, right? So how? how, how...
2: Uh, yeah, it's 7pm here, but it's it's kind of my morning because I I am rather nocturnal. I, I woke up like two hours ago, so it's kind of my morning too. Uh,
1: okay. That's perfect then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm usually yeah. also a night owl, so I totally get it. <laughs> yeah. and it's wonderful that you found, you know, a way to adapt the life to to this.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It was it was really really crucial because um, I was like this for all my life, and uh, you know, I couldn't have survived. I think. Because when I was younger, I think it was easier. But oh, I think I'm getting a bit older now, and it's it would be so hard to, you know, like I have a schedule from nine to five. Uh, so I'm really glad that I can just, you know, do things uh, in my pace.
1: That's perfect. I'm glad to hear that. And um, I think we can slowly start by. Um... Mm-hmm. Telling the audience who you are and so on. And then, as I said, in the meantime, people will start dropping in, but um, I think mm-hmm. they will be able to catch up um, pretty well. So, welcome everyone to Science Society. And of course, a special welcome to James. Um, Yay. And I'm so, I was so excited about this room. Um, don't let other guest speakers here because. James is an independent researcher um, doing his microscope work from home. That's my dream. Since. <laughs> <laughs> and um, James is also a really famous YouTuber. He uh, published uh, papers and a book, and he collaborates with academia and also um, other people um break- Around his YouTube channel and their store even and um, so yeah check check it out I've posted the resources in the chat and on top you can see this really cool um, YouTube channel that I've been (laughs) watching recently (laughs) quite a lot so I'm so glad I found you and that you agreed to come here and we agree like we kind of thought um that it would be the most interesting way to make this kind of uh like informal Mm -hmm. discussion because i think there's so many interesting aspects of your life and then also your work um so Mm -hmm. i think that's the best way to go so the first question i have for you is how did you find your passion because you know when we talk like to prepare a little bit you said mm-hmm. you know you managed a way to you know to turn your fashion uh, passion into you know the life and work you do so so was that something yeah. you always had like since childhood was it maybe something that triggered it a book mm-hmm. or a class or something um you know how did you find your passion
2: uh well it's um... It was with a lot of, you know, tries, Um, but I think since I was a child, I was fascinated by animals. It was, um, you know, it was so amazing to see, um, I don't know, documentaries and uh, like photos on these like old magazines like Nation Geographic and stuff and i don't know when it started exactly but i was always crazy about animals and when i was a child i wanted to be an author and work you know with animals just live in africa somewhere in africa just just you know do observations and stuff but um well when you, when you grow up you face the reality i think it's a bit Um, you know, it's different than these innocent childhood dreams. So, uh, and then I ended up in Poland somehow, and I was, um, studying engineering here and in one of our lab courses, uh, we needed to look through a microscope and just, uh, observe these things that, um, that were living in the wastewater, um, treatment plant. And so cities uses uh, one more like um, wastewater treatment is done with the help of microorganisms. And this was one of the aspects of the lab course. And then I just looked through the microscope and it was just, you know, love at first sight. It was unbelievable. I've never seen anything like that. it was just unbelievable. There were like so many things, moving, swimming, and, you know, like I am crazy about animals, but apparently there was a whole universe that I'd never thought of before, and just seeing that in front of me, it was unbelievable, and uh, that was, I think, six years ago, and I cannot do anything else, but it's, I, I cannot think anything else than microbes. Everything I do is just just about microbes. Uh, and uh, what I did, I, so the first thing, uh, the lab course was two hours uh, per week, and it wasn't enough for me, so I needed to get a microscope to just start doing this you know, in my living room. So I got a really cheap microscope, and then I uh, started using it. And I learned how to use it, and I started making videos. and well, it led to this, and I'm here now talking about, you know my life to you, to the audience, and you know it just becomes something. And uh, I didn't anticipate that. like I, I didn't expect that. It was just just, I don't know, just happened.
1: Well, I think that's wonderful um, because, you know, when we have passion for something, um, then we become really good at it. And um, I want to point out here how great your images and videos are, like the quality Mm -hmm. of the videos and images that you um, put on these um, YouTube channels. Uh, They are amazing and um so how do you like how did you train yourself basically i assume that you trained yourself did you take courses did you completely train yourself to hone these skills that are quite um yeah quite um
2: well i don't think there's anyone in the world that can you know teach you the microscopy uh in a way that you would learn just by trying it so it is um you know it's borderline art and science it, it's it's a very strange thing so it fits so perfectly to um to the way of um me observing and like observing life and just looking at things so with the microscope it's just a tool, and I use the tool to just um you know create aesthetically pleasing stuff and um there are a lot of uh a lot of factors affecting the um, uh the quality of the footage, so it's not just the equipment or it just it's not just uh you know the way of you setting up things but it's It depends on the person behind the microscope and, you know, their eyes to just find these beautiful sceneries and just, you know, just put them in an angle that would make people just, you know, say, wow. So it's just combination of art and um, it's, it's really hard to quantify it. It's really hard to say that you do this thing and then you get this thing. So it just, I don't know. It's just like a painting. You just get something, you just get an empty canvas in front of you and then you start painting and you know it becomes something. So that's how I feel when I do microscopy and um, I took no lessons. And I'm not sure if there are any lessons like courses that teaches you how to make videos uh, through a microscope. Uh, We are actually trying to do that uh, because we recently created this um, microscopy brand. And uh, yeah, so we need to teach people how to do that. But we also need to first understand uh, how we can do that, how we can teach people. So it's, uh, yeah oh sorry my cat That's... is eating very loudly i hope oh, it's not it's not, <laughs> it's not bothering <laughs> we
1: no it's uh, we have children in the back i for sure you will hear my kids in the background They're in the backyard <laughs> you know we will have different sounds it's it's actually nice so we kind of you know feel at home mm-hmm. um it's uh, it's really um impressive how you did that and at the same time i just wanted to point out it's you combine that with uh, this really aesthetic art of microscopy and video making you combine that Mm -hmm. with finding new species Uh, i think you wrote me you know you published the paper the paper (laughs) for everyone is in the chat and everyone can just access Mm -hmm. it and uh and then you wrote me that you will publish more because you found i think over 35 new species so so mm-hmm. how do you find them like how you know what <laughs> you just go <laughs> everything you find or do you have like a strategy it's really interesting how how you find these new species
2: well what i do is i just collect samples and i check them under the microscope so that's my strategy uh to find anything but it, like i'm not trying to f- specifically i'm not trying to find new things or make discoveries these are like my paper uh, or these new species or anything else these are just um can you hear me yes mm mm-hmm. yeah ah, it's
1: sorry sorry yep. <laughs>
2: uh so uh, uh yeah sorry i got a call sorry uh so i Oh my god! I'm so sorry. My professor is calling me. I don't know why. Oh, don't uh, worry. <laughs> uh, sorry, I get distracted. And um, just a second. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I I don't try to do discoveries. So I don't try to just discover new things. But I just live my passion and these things just appear, you know. So I do microscopy most of the days, like 12 hours. So I'm sitting in front of my microscope and checking a bunch of water samples from different places and, you know, occasionally from different countries, from different continents. So when you do that, you just, you know, come across to new things and, um so I specialize on one group of microorganisms called the ciliates. Uh, these are microscopic eukaryotes like we are also eukaryotes but they are just uh, single cell and they create this um um very interesting um group of you know Group that's called the ciliates. Uh, So I specialize on these, on this group. And um, I have a... Like, I don't want to sound super cocky about this, but I have a good knowledge about everything that is uh, in literature about them. Uh, So when I do microscopy, when I see something that I don't know, uh, when I see and when I see a ciliate, more specifically that I don't know, there's a good chance that it's going to be something new or it's going to be something super rare, just you know, described or mentioned like a hundred years ago and nobody has ever seen it since then. Um, so when I see stuff like this, uh, first I try to document it, try to record like good footage of it. And then, depending on the rarity of it, I isolate it. Um, I wash it. I clean it. You know, from all the other contaminations, because I want to use them for. Uh, I want to use them to get the genomic data from them, and then I put them in tiny, super cute Eppendorf tubes and just put them in my freezer and. Uh, yeah, so that's how I do the discoveries or discover new species. And these 35 new species, uh, these are the ones that um, I have or will have super soon the genomic data because without the genomic data, it's really, really hard to publish something and say, okay, we made a publication and this is something new, uh, but we don't have the genomic data. So. We need to have the, we need to have a bit of this, you know, modern um, f- sequencing of the of the partial genome of these new things, and then with the publication, that you know we can we can publish it and we can just you know uh, make it accepted and yeah introduce these new things to people.
1: Yeah, that's um, interesting. Um, That's so impressive that, you know, whenever you see something that you don't recognize, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's probably not discovered yet. That's so impressive. Um,
2: Yeah, it's uh, so I call them like my friends because, um, you know, you, you have this social group around you. You have, well, if you're super social, you have like 10 people around you, right? You don't forget them. You don't forget them. So when you see them, you know that you know them. Uh, So it's like that because I am just living with these ciliates and um, just, you know, I'm sleeping next to a bunch of books. Uh, And so I spend a lot of time and they're my entourage and I know every single one of them. So when I see a new face, you know, appearing just in front of me, I'm like, hey, who are you? Like, can we be friends? Uh, so it's, yeah.
1: <laughs> and, um, you know, I've recently read, um, an, a, you know, a bunch of um, reviews and articles saying that the microorganism diversity and population is going down, especially in developed countries. Do you think you're working against the clock or do you think it's a little bit Um, too much because like a hype or you know overstatement um, because Mm -hmm. you look at them probably more Mm -hmm. than most people so
2: Um, well I think it's um, it's more like fear mongering Um, I think these kind of articles they are just trying to get attention by just scaring people Um, so with microbes That's a thing with, you know, with mammals or animals, like the the diversity is just getting, you know, lower just because of the human activities. But with microbes, that's definitely not the case. And if they're not going to be around the, you know, industrial places, but they're just going to be around somewhere else, because microbes, uh, they are cosmopolitan, meaning like, Uh, Every single species, you can find them everywhere all around the world because they are around for millions of years. Although they evolve, they change, you know, like, like everything else, they disperse so easily because they are so small. So if you find their habitat, like, for example, if a microbe likes to live in, you know, like this humid, hot climate, you can find this microbe in... Miami or in somewhere in Kenya so it just it just depends on the habitat so as long as that those habitats exist microbes gonna be all over the world and they're gonna be everywhere and they definitely gonna be around even after we are gone you know after we just I don't know nuke ourselves to you know oblivion and stuff they just gonna be around and yeah.
1: Yeah, and uh, you um, had actually you have a video about um, the definition of death related to uh, microorganisms, and that video is really interesting. Would you like, like, um, to a little bit talk about that? Like, what uh, change? Which
2: one is that? Um,
1: um, I, I don't know the exact title, but. Uh-huh. How, what death is, or what death means, or what dying. Ah, uh,
2: death. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: And sure. Yeah. Did, did did your view change when you started looking at and learning about these different microorganisms and how they kind of some cheat death in kind of a way, and they have this amazing abilities to reassemble mm-hmm. and and how would you define yeah, death for microorganism compared to like, you know, a general view of death. I think that was so interesting.
2: Um, yeah. So uh, the thing about these uh, microorganisms, they when they reproduce, they create uh, they create clones of themselves, right? Uh, so the definition of death is really strange because, it, like. If you exist, how can you be death, right? So there are like many cells dying in my body, but I live. Uh, So like in the case of microbes, maybe some individuals are dying, but there are so many other clones, millions, billions of clones, identical copies of that microbe just swimming somewhere else. So it is... (laughs) It is really strange and um they are rather immortal in that sense, but also there's a thing called like uh um reproductive mortality. So it's just um it's a super cool term, I think. It just because when they divide, uh they stop existing because one thing becomes two things and you know, and it's called um, uh, reproductive mortality. So it just they die, but they exist as two individuals now. Does that make sense? Uh, am I able to explain it? Yeah,
1: yeah, it's, it's um, yeah, it's really interesting. And there was also the um, mentioned that you know about the state of. That you can still that of the equilibrium that you kind of you know all organisms kind of fight mm-hmm. against it partially and that mm-hmm. could be a definition like whenever everything is in equilibrium mm-hmm. including the universe then um that's mm-hmm. the ultimate death uh which is oh, yeah. A yeah. really interesting view so that's so interesting that um you know death is Something very similar for different types of living things, and <clears throat> would you think what's the which one that's probably a very um very complicated question which type of microorganism would you think would be able to live like on other planets, like what would be your bet <laughs> if you if you would
0: have
2: oh. to. <laughs> Well, it, it it would, um, it would depend on the planet, uh. But if it's like, um, if there's liquid water, um, uh, well, there's a chance that every single is gonna be finding some niche, you know, places to live, I think. Uh, but or you mean if we send some microbes out? And would they be able to just, you know, colonize other planets? Uh, yeah, like, would the
1: they survive? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, the question is what, you know, however you would like to answer, is, but <laughs> do you think, um, is there one of them that could survive, like spreading around the universe more easily on like meteorites or, you know, whatever would be? Because <laughs> I think it's so impressive. Even I have a backyard in the city and there was nothing in the beginning and now it's full of wild plants that I kind of leave in the corners. And there's Mm -hmm. really not a park too close by, but somehow they make their way here. And I don't know, could you imagine that this would be true for the universe too, that there's some sort of system in the macroscopic world to like spread life in Uh, interesting ways and
2: Well, there's one one, uh, theory called uh, panspermia which basically you know, says that life uh, may have come to the earth uh, from outer space. Uh, Well, not life but the the beginning of it, you know, like, uh, I don't know how to define it, but these like the the first thing, you know. Um, so maybe it's possible, but we we are quite sure that the life originated from, you know, within the planet. So, but it doesn't mean it wouldn't be happening um, or it doesn't mean it didn't happen somewhere all over the, you know, around the universe somewhere. And uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, I just yeah, <laughs> I'm just seeing uh, comments now. Oh, yes. There. Okay. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, and um, I also um, saw that, you know, you have videos with some microorganisms that have really cool um, features that <clears throat> I don't know of how common they are, for example, there was one um, that could switch from photosynthesis like regular photosynthesis to producing oil is that correct like do you have some that you find are really cool and maybe a lot Mm -hmm. of people don't know of that this skill even exists in the world
2: oh all of them all of my subjects are like that so it's just like they're super cool and nobody knows about them um uh, well, let me think and, uh, what microorganism that I can give you an example of, um, well, tardigrades, um, they're also called water bears. They're quite popular, I think. Um, but they can produce these um, cysts or they're also called tons. So basically they roll into a ball and they just wait, you know, when there are like stressful environmental conditions, they just wait and they can just survive probably anything and they can just, you know, they can just come out of the of the ton, and they can just be active again after probably hundreds of years. I think the longest like uh, scientific research on them was thirty uh, something years from from Japan. Uh, so they came back to life after thirty years of being frozen. Uh, but there are some reports of them from um, somebody from um. Somebody from, I think from Germany. I'm not sure. uh, They put uh, some moss into the water, and this moss was in the museum, uh, you know, storage for hundred years, and they found some tardigrade in it. And uh, what else? Well, this is like a you know, really broad topic and I find everything super interesting. So it's really hard to just choose one. Oh, well I can I can talk about uh, one of my favorite ones. This is um this is called Lacrimaria olor, and we made a really good episode about them. So this is just like a single cell organism, but it can just extend its neck uh ten times or of its body size. So you have this, um, you know, 0.1 millimeter uh, microbe, and all of a sudden it's becoming like one millimeter, just extending its neck out to hunt. And they are gorgeous predators, and they feed on other microorganisms, and they can just. Um, It's unbelievable to watch them under the microscope. I can maybe link uh, the video so people can go check it. Okay, I'm just
0: adding it to the chat. Gorgeous predators, yes,
4: double pun.
2: <laughs> uh, can you guys hear me? Yes,
1: yeah, sorry. Uh, I had a phone call okay. now. <laughs> that was <not laughs> calling you So
2: Is that yeah. my professor? Tell her <laughs> that I'm gonna call her.
1: <laughs> oh, that would be funny. No, I guess it was something <laughs>
2: else.
1: <laughs> Yeah, um, so I think I probably missed the the last few seconds. Do you want me to pin something on top? Oh, wait. Do you want me to put Uh, it on top?
2: uh, No, not really, because it's it's just like about uh, the microbe that I was talking, and I think um, people that are listening now, they can just or check it but it doesn't need to be on top of anything i think
1: and dr Shah, uh, welcome and hi <laughs> sorry that i've been taking over here a little bit D- did you want to ask a question doctor
3: hi katerina and our guest james uh, i mean hello uh, uh, yeah hopefully that you have a very nice wednesday both of you yeah that was very fascinating topic and i'm just listening because i'm learning and when it's the time for asking, I'm going and asking my question. Cool.
1: Yeah, any time is good. So <laughs> whenever you have questions, please, you know, just let let us know. And uh, we'll go from there. Um, and oh, one question in the chat I saw is that um, Sabil, he read your book and it's a really great mm-hmm. book and is asking when you will be writing the next one or are you currently writing another one
2: um y- yes i have a couple of book projects um, they're going to be i think published uh, in 2023 late 2023 uh, but i want to make um, uh, something with better print quality which increases the cost of the book, so um, I'm not sure how it's going to go yet. But um, I want something really high quality, and with you know, it also like scientifically correct and everything. So it's just taking a bit longer, uh, but I am working on it. Yes, and oh, thank exciting. you for reading my book. Yeah, I, I couldn't be... catch the name, but yes, thank you. Thank you so much.
1: <laughs> and will there be probably these pretty images, you know, that's why you want the, the quality yes, so yes, high so yes, the images yes. will reflect the... Yeah,
2: because my first book, uh, it also, you know, has a lot of photos, um, but it was more like... um. um How can i say it like it's uh, so big you know it wouldn't be possible to print it on you know gorgeous paper and just you know because it would be making it like five times more expensive than it is now so but i am trying to prepare something that is that would be you know financially accessible for anyone but also has the best printing quality so it just yeah we are working on it yeah.
1: it's so impressive how many different projects you have going on and you even um <laughs> consult for companies right uh, mm-hmm. because everyone is impressed with your microscopic <laughs> skills so um <laughs> so you even developed your own microscope did it help that you have some engineering backgrounds and and how did Uh, you manage to do that because i know clubhouse are quite probably the highest percentage of people that want to like have these different type of careers so i think it's also really interesting uh how how you managed to do that um like to have these different paths of careers and be successful (laughs) like them.
2: Well, I'm I'm probably not the right person to give any advices because I'm not goal-oriented, but I am more like passion-oriented. So I just do things that makes me happy. And then, you know, then we have a product or then we have a book, then we have a paper. So it just, it's, I don't know, it's really strange and it feels unreal sometimes. But for the production of these uh Microscopes. Uh, well, it was quite straightforward because, you know, like I knew what we need for a microscope. And it's uh, so this microscope is based on the first microscope I got. And this is to introduce people to microscopy. So this is, um, we mo- wanted to make the cheapest, you know, cheapest proper microscope that. Somebody just can buy it and just, you know, start doing the things that I, you know, I'm doing. Uh, so I sent a couple of emails to some factories in, in China and I asked them about their products. And then we created something and it's, uh, yeah, and, but this is, I am partnering with this. So this is not just my work. So there are so many people working behind this and like our Microcosmos team. uh, And we are just, you know, we are also working to create more uh, products. So we are trying to make sampling, you know, a bit easier for people. And uh, we are creating some, you know, like, sampling accessories like uh, sampling sticks or just um, you know stuff that would come handy if you go out to collect some water samples for your microscope
1: yeah that's so interesting and you keep mentioning mostly you were driven by passion and do you think that you kind of could preserve your, I could keep your passion pristine because you didn't go to like a traditional school for this. Why I'm saying this is, you know, I did my undergrad in biology in Germany. Mm -hmm. Always loved this type of, you know, uh, different types of animals. (laughs) a lot but when i then studied i had to like i had to go out collect samples and then um, know all these uh, families and you know do this and this you know looking it up in the book and do it in a very specific manner and i feel like always when when I had to go through this classic education, the same with music, it kind of ruined making music myself for (laughs) me, going through a classic music. It kind of ruined it for me. Like, do you think that is true? Like, what do you think about going through a classic education? Does it keep your passion pristine or do you get fed up from... (laughs) from you know the teachers and professors telling you exactly mm-hmm. how to do it and like did it keep it alive basically that passion
2: well it's um it was really really hard to you know um. say something super solid about it but um you know everybody's experiences you know could be different from each other Uh, but I will never work in academia because of this reason because uh, you know if you work in a lab if you do the science that you have to do to get papers or get funding or get you know whatever then it's something that is not you anymore you know so, I think it's really important uh to keep the oh, i'm I'm reading Annie's uh yeah comment now, just yes, great <laughs> uh so um sorry, just a second uh yeah, so um, you know I don't want to lose myself. Within competition or trying to find funding for my research or trying to you know get something accepted, I think it would it would fr- frustrate me and I, I think because of that reason I wouldn't be able to do that so I would be choosing to do th- just the microscopy in my living room without getting any scientific recognition without getting any public you know, appearance, nothing. So I would just be doing microscopy. I would be choosing that over publishing papers and getting, you know, getting titles or just getting fundings or, you know, it's not my cup of tea. It would, it would kill everything, I think, about my, you know, about my excitement. Uh, yeah. But I, so there are some courses, there are some professors that, you know, teaching stuff in the field that I'm, you know, interested in. It's, it's absolutely amazing to just join the lectures. I am even sometimes um, getting these uh, courses from their websites that you can just get, you know, the um, courses online. Just without you know paying or something, you can just attend. So I'm just doing that quite often, and I I love it. So I love learning more, but I wouldn't like learning more about stuff to just pass an exam, if that makes sense. You know.
1: Yeah, that totally makes sense, and I agree. Uh you know i agree with you and you know congratulations to to go that way was it kind of scary in between or was it something you didn't really think about like you know no i
2: really different. didn't think about it it's just like um um well i didn't i didn't have anything to lose so it, it's it wasn't even a decision it was just a way that you know things happened. And it it really wasn't uh, uh, something that I, you know, brood over and try to make the right decision or something. It didn't happen like that. It was just like, Oh, I like doing this, I keep doing this. And then it becomes something and it then it become my only thing, which, you know, um, it's really hard to explain. And it's, uh, I often get these questions because uh, people think that I, you know, like I was trying to have a career, I was trying to, you know, produce something. It wasn't like that. It was just just a random guy just doing things that he likes. And, you know, that that's really everything. And then it become, you know, quote unquote, my car- career and it become... My full-time job, it become something, you know, other people are proud for me, proud of, you know, and yeah, it's it's really strange. I, I cannot call myself lucky uh, because I think I did this, you know, um, in a way that, you know, I put a lot of effort into it, um, but... So it's not like stars aligned and I become who I am now, but like it took a lot of effort, but it didn't felt like I'm putting any effort into it because it was just pure passion, pure love for me. And yeah, it didn't feel bad, you know, that I, um, I stayed away for three days, just, you know, trying to find something under the microscope yeah
1: (laughs) yeah that's so wonderful to hear and um, again congratulations and you know the the work you do and this YouTube channel it has so many interesting facts I think it's also good for you know the science like for the image of science you contributing Mm -hmm. really significantly to it, um, you know, to have something genuine and interesting and beautiful at the same time, I think that's um, that's really important, especially nowadays. So, did um, you know this whole COVID and and everything like changed anything like did you
2: oh I didn't even part? realize there was like a, <laughs> there was a pandemic going on because I am super asocial and just um I'm in a country that I don't speak the native language and I just I'm just living here just doing microscopy and uh and when the pandemic happened it was like oh well it's it changes nothing in my life and uh like Everything stayed the same. And I even joke about it. I was saying, like, yeah, I was, you know, I was prepared for this for all my life. So it was absolutely okay to just stay at home as usual and do microscopy. Um, And I have like two cats and I love them so much. And when I leave the house, I miss them. So I, you know, I don't leave the house that often. Except for sampling and just, you know, doing like those
0: short things. Uh...
2: Oh, I keep thinking that I dropped out from the cold, but I oh
1: no you're fine I, I... I just got another phone call <laughs> um amish is trying to speak let me amish i'm trying to bring you up uh yeah ask away am amish thank you for coming
4: thank you thank you katrina Hello. thanks james for the so i have a, a personal question like right? mm-hmm. um, since you spend so much time looking into the microscope and mm-hmm. i think you also mentioned you are a social how has your <laughs> perspective of this uh, macro world changed or how do you see this world differently than us because mm-hmm. there are so many microscopic things which we take for granted or we are we don't even notice and we yeah. might be living our daily life at an edge at risk yeah. or it may be a next scientific breakthrough but we are just Chilling away our life. So how how do you see these things? I'm quite fascinated uh, by knowing your phone
2: Yeah, I think You know, like microscopy is a humbling thing Because of many reasons, but it just when you look through a microscope you see all these things they are and some of them are not Single-cell organisms. They're literally animals. They have like simple brains. They have you know muscles they have uh, you know eyes and stuff they are just living their lives and they are you know they are trying to avoid any kind of stressful conditions you know uh, and they are trying to feed themselves and they are trying to reproduce you know they they are just trying to get the best out of their you know tiny lives and so seeing this hours and hours every day it just you know, it gave me this understanding that I am part of this wonderful thing, you know, I'm part of life. So it just, it makes my, you know, individual existence in this planet is really small, but also it makes me really important, but in a way that, you know, like I don't feel uh, like superior to these organisms, but I just feel that I I have so much in common with them. So it makes me um, just appreciate life, you know, it just, I, maybe that's, that's one of the reasons that I keep bringing up the passion topic because it just you know, nothing else matters. It's uh, my career or like how much money I make or they don't make sense if I'm not happy and just enjoying this short life. It's, uh, you know, one day, um, maybe, you know, maybe not in 10, 10 years or maybe not in 100 years, but we humans, we're just gonna disappear. We're gonna go extinct, and but the life will continue, and I think that's really, really good, because we are going to be the part that you know that uh, created that life in the future. So it just makes me feel like I'm part of something wonderful and makes me so happy. <laughs>
4: Awesome, awesome, James. You yeah, know, thank you, thank you for there, the question. Yeah, you know, just just sharing this insight. It's quite common uh, to have similar feelings among people who actually use a telescope and look into the macrocosms mm-hmm. day in day in, out. Yeah. Day out. Sometimes yeah. there is. Sometimes I feel there's a the truth which is very similar. If you go macro and go micro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anyway. yeah. 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 Thank you, James. Thank you. Thank you for your questions.
2: Uh, okay, somebody's asking, do you...
1: Oh, yeah, go ahead.
2: Uh, do you believe someone is using microscope to see humans? No, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> no, I think it, it... Well, as a person who is using the microscope all the time, I think humans are not that interesting under the microscope. I think... Yeah, I think the whole universe would look better. Uh...
1: Um, yeah, I agree. (laughs) Um, Ashish, you um joined the stage. Welcome. Did you have a question? Please go ahead.
0: Yeah, James, I missed your entire talk, but I love your philosophy of life. (laughs) You know, Uh, thank you so much. In academia, uh, we seek what we know, and those that Sometimes, miss out in what they called idiosavants in the past, are actually the true mm-hmm. people, the true seers. And uh, I love a couple of things that you said. First of all, that you will never join academia, understand it completely. Um, truth is found in your on your own path, as Jisnu Krishnamurti would say. Um, mm-hmm. And the second thing is that you have to live in your passion, and I really respect that. Um, because that's what life is about. Uh, We all need to earn money a little bit so you can feed your cat apparently. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's cool that if you don't like people, you can stay at home and do this awesome work, looking at water bears Mm -hmm. and all kinds of other beautiful structures in life that is just amazing. And I I just want you to laud you and praise you that you should keep on doing what you're doing and you'll do that anyway. So, uh, thank you so much. Yeah, big, big, big thumbs up for you. And uh, thank you so much. There's so many things I could ask you, but there's a room full of people and uh, I know how to find you. So take care, James. Have a good one. Thank you so
2: much. Thank you so much. It was, it was lovely hearing this.
1: Yeah, I can only agree. Like, um, it's like in a little bit like, um, a fairy tale, James, because you do this amazing work and then it's your passion and also the philosophy of life you have is um, very mindful and um, yeah what life is about so um, yeah it's such a pleasure um, seeing your work and then also speaking with you it's it makes the work even more impressive and you know how it is like when you're actually also impressed by the person then you like the work even more and uh, it's more interesting. Um, So, uh, I think, Annie, uh, ask a question, is there any microscopy of your own gut bacteria? Like, did you ever try it? Or can it not survive conditions Uh. for studying it? I I don't know if... (laughs) No, I didn't check my
2: own gut bacteria, but... uh... Uh, but there, there's a lot of research, I think, on, uh, you know, human mi- microbiome. Uh, let me read the comment. Can it not survive in condition for studying? Oh no, we can. Uh, we can create these conditions um, under the microscope. So it would be um, maybe not under my microscope because I don't have that much of. Um, um how can I say pay um patients I think for that um but we can create these um conditions to study them uh, under the microscope and do research on human microbiome um but yeah, but also they recently uh discovered that as you said they are creating. are producing neurotransmitters so our gut microbiome is affecting our mood which is something fascinating and that's only some of the things that we know so far because this topic is just becoming more um popular over the last decade i think Uh, yeah Oh, I saw the comment, but then it disappeared.
0: <laughs> um
1: yeah, yeah, I agree that there is a lot of um, a lot of gut bacteria research currently. Oh, uh, Stabil, I see the comment now that you mentioned. Stabil is asking, I want to try to make a center coriolis uh, sample. Do you have any tips on how to make you know how to look at um, them?
2: Add a couple of uh, drops of milk into your sample. Oh, um, milk? and in two days, uh, oh, okay. like high-fat milk, because in um, because uh, the nutrients in the milk it just um, you know boost the uh, bacterial reproduction and then things that eat bacteria, they just grow, and then stentor feed on them. So in a couple of days, you would have like thousands of stentors right under the water surface, and you can see them with a magnifying glass even. Uh, Are the microscopic creatures you're studying larger or smaller than gut bacteria? well, some of the things that I I study are larger than the gut bacteria, I think. But um, so let's say I have no idea about the average size of because there are so many uh, genera of bacteria and archaea living inside us. And uh, so let's say there are like five microns in length, Uh, so some of the things that I'm studying, there are uh, around 100 microns, but I can still um, see the gut bacteria quite beautifully under the microscope, if I wanted to. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I saw in your um, videos that you have like a big variety on uh, the magnification factor you use and that kind of, (laughs) reflect on you know the different sizes of the mm-hmm. oh i thought it was so interesting to see that bacteria also use um tiny tiny microscopic minerals to figure mm-hmm. out um if they are um, upwards or downwards like where up and down is and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. also the the um, tiny minerals I don't know if anyone is interested check it out this I forgot which one of the videos it was exactly where you see the brown mm-hmm. motion um, ad- effect on these tiny minerals uh, mm-hmm, that was mm-hmm. uh, that is so interesting so all this knowledge that you ich, to, where which books can you recommend some books or where do you, where do you Learn all these different facts that are so interesting.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's the hardest and uh, you know most I think enjoyable part of my work. So I need to dive deep into these references. Um, so these minerals and stuff, they are rather common knowledge in microscopy, in like microbiology, uh, because there are a lot of Um, eukaryotic organisms that, um, you know, produce these kind of uh, crystals as their um, metabolisms byproducts. And they, uh, we are not sure if they're using them as like a nutrient source or they're just like pure waste, Um, but it's common. So the things that, you know, interesting and hard to find is that these old and rare species and stuff and so to find the information for these things I am constantly you know going through these um, I don't know like hundred 150 years old papers you know that's written in um, German in Russian in French so I don't speak any of these Languages, but I have a good understanding of really weird scientific words in any of these languages. So it's it, you know it's so weird. I obviously I use Google Translate and I ask to you know like random people on my social media to help me with some you know tricky translations and stuff. But it just um, it's like you just need to. Go down the rabbit hole. I think that's how you learn the most, you know, effectively. So it just just keep following the references. Keep, I mean, the references as like you know, you're reading a paper and there's like in parentheses it says like I don't know wise for example if they're gonna reference my paper it's gonna be wise you know 2022 and then you go the back of the paper and then you find the whole name. Of the paper and then you find that one. Uh, so what I'm doing is I'm doing that in a like um, f- papers from you know f- 1850s or like early ni- uh, like uh, early tw- 20th century and stuff. So it just it's really hard to find those papers, but it's so much fun to look for them. And you l- learn so much from from this thing.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, that's really interesting that you go down these and, and um holes and and that you then manage to find these papers. I agree, it's really hard. I sometimes try to and then sometimes you have to go to an actual physical library. I don't know if that's still the case, but um. uh,
2: yeah, yeah, we 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 did that a couple of times. And they, um, well, you don't have to go to the library, but you contact the library. So they send you a scan of, of it. And yeah, and social media helps a lot because, um, I was trying to find something from 1967, which is kinda new, not that old, you know? Um, but this was like an, it wasn't an article. It was just notes from a symposium. And it was in Russian and it was from um, from Soviet era and we couldn't find it. And then I wrote something about it on my Instagram and someone like I know online just sent a message to me and said, hey, I'm working in the old office of that guy that you're looking for. So I can just go to the library and just find that paper for you so yeah She so she went down to the library and she just came up with uh, with this like uh, two sentences literally two sentences thing that we were looking for for I don't know for weeks uh, yeah
1: that's wonderful I'm so glad yeah I agree people <laughs> on social media there's like a lot of downsides but there's definitely a lot of upsides uh, where you make like connections that you would never <laughs> do and um yeah and people are helpful uh that's really interesting and i know we've going on for an hour um uh, jamie just joined the stage is it okay if he asks no question and then
2: uh yeah i i have time no worries
1: oh perfect thank you (laughs) jamie do you want to go ahead and ask a question Can you hear us, Jamie? Or oh, uh, maybe he can't hear us right now. Maybe he has the phone call issue <laughs> that we had
2: today. <laughs> yeah, my professor is calling, <laughs> calling Still them calm. now. <laughs> uh, let me uh, check. D- I
1: do Oh yeah, do you study
2: prokaryotes or eukaryotes, any- and what's the difference in how you study them, if any? Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah. Hi. Yeah, oh, yeah. S-
4: sorry about that. It was locked into
1: mute and uh, um, anyway, sorry about that. Um, James, thank you very much for that incredible
4: talk. Your passion and persistence is actually pretty inspiring. Thank you very thank much. Thank you so
2: much. Thank you. Thank you.
4: And my question is this, Can um, what are you actually going to be working on next and will we be hearing from you in the near future?
2: Uh, so at the moment I have, maybe I shouldn't say the names at the moment, um but i have uh let me think i have i think six paper word um data and so i will be publishing them in uh um, i think a couple of months like uh and they are super rare ciliates which uh you know i'm quite excited about and these are the things that i'm um, I've been looking for for years, and like I spent thousands of hours, just you know, doing microscopy and searching for them, uh, like keeping my eyes open for them. But uh, yeah, as the, the tricky part is getting the genomic data for them uh, after you find uh, after you found them. So we got that data, and we're gonna be ready to publish super soon. And probably I'm just going to be talking to uh, my best friend. Also, she is my professor. Um, and so I'm just going to be talking to her after this talk about our next paper, because I finished drafting it last night and I need to send it to her. Uh, yeah. So these are rare microscopic uh, organisms. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: That is incredibly exciting. I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: Um, somebody asked, and uh, Ridi asked, um, where she can. I know I posted Ridi um some resources on top of the chat, um, where the book, where you can find the book, the paper, and the YouTube channel. But do you have maybe a website link where everything is, like, you know, all the links are. Uh or maybe a link tree URL or
2: something. Oh uh, from from my side, um yeah. I, I suck at the self-promotion really. I don't have a website. I need to get a website. And it just yeah, I can I cannot just put everything in one place. But I should have some link tree, but I'm not sure if it has any everything. Uh published papers. Uh yeah i think on top of the chat here
1: yeah uh, yeah the they are already yeah. there we cannot put the links back again like a clubhouse whenever uh-huh. you share the exact same thing again it blocks the share i guess they want to prevent that oh. um, people spam yeah. a lot yeah, like yeah. because some people just come in and promote i don't know their crypto thing or you know (laughs) the moderators have to constantly delete so they kind of block that you keep putting in the same information in the chat i guess it makes sense yeah i agree Uh, um well and also yeah please check out on top there is the link to the book the link to the paper the link to the youtube channel and even the store That James and his colleagues have set up, and we can buy things, even microscopes, which is really impressive. (laughs) Uh,
2: We 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 don't have them at the moment, I think. Oh, we don't. The thing is, like we restock them, and then it it uh we ran out of them in like two days. Uh, but I think within a week they're going to be available again, uh, because we get a big shipment. Uh, So people, but people can uh, subscribe to the email notification and they would get the notification when we restock them.
1: That's really cool that you sell out of it. It's so impressive that, you know, with the scientific channel and, you know, that people are so excited about this, that you sell out immediately. It's really, (laughs) it's very positive. It makes me feel more positive
2: about it. It it makes me so happy. It's just like you're touching uh, so many people's lives, right? Because it's, uh, I cannot express how much I love microscopy. So if somebody, you know, just gets a microscope because of us and just, you know, start doing the microscopy and just have this, you know, just a bit of my passion, Mm then it 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 means so much to me it's it's unbelievable i think yeah i can
1: can relate i'm so happy when people say that our club here kind of changed their perspective Mm -hmm. on science somebody a few people wrote me they went back to school again to study again Mm -hmm. they Mm listen like i agree it makes me also very happy so i can relate and it's amazing the work you do it's and then Siva asks um last question if time supports some lecture on relation between microscopic plants versus microscopic um species or animals, I guess. Like is it more difficult, easier? Um you know? Um
2: Um uh, I'm not I'm not sure. Is this a question?
1: Yeah, it was in the chat the uh, question. Or... If you click on the chat that's the last comment mm-hmm. there
2: some lecture on relation between microscopic plants versus microscopic species.
0: Uh,
2: microscopic plants versus microscopic species. Well, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm getting it correctly then. Uh, Siva, I know maybe, you had maybe, a... maybe you can explain it a bit.
1: Well, uh, yeah, I don't know if I get it specifically too, but I can remember that you had a video that kind of uh, showed okay. like a symbiosis of mini algae with like a pretty big microscopic, uh, mm-hmm. quite common um, species that kind of protects the algae, but then the algae give them some sugar. Like, are there many mm-hmm. examples like this? I think maybe that's the, the question pointing at.
2: Uh, yeah, the symbiosis, like it's called the endosymbiosis. Uh, so there are many examples of it in the microscopic world, uh, but these algae are still single-cell eukaryotes. So they are um, they are not plants, as as we know. Um, so what I do is like I specialize on ciliates, but also I work on protests which is the which is basically everything microsc which is everything that is not animal not plant, and not higher fungi so it just you know it's um it's commonly called the dumb taxon because if you cannot fit something into these um you know these definition then you put them under the protest so we have Um, a lot of, um, you know, photosynthetic protests, we have protests that, you know, like actively need to acquire energy by consuming other organisms and uh, yeah, so it just, it's a really wide topic and uh, there are so many examples in you know, like amongst protests that, um, you know, this, this endosymbiotic relationship of, you know, photosynthetic organism and one host uh, that is not able to do photosynthesis. But the host always, like if it's a species specific relationship, which is also common. So there are some species that you can only find them in nature with their endosymbionts with the algae. So you cannot find them without the algae ever. And so uh, from generation to generation, when they divide, they also divide the, the content of these, um, these endosymbiont. So there's, um, let's say there's one uh, organism with hundreds of this single cell algae living into, inside it. When it divides into two, it just, you know, it divides into two and the two new cells that are called the daughter cells, they now have 50 algae each. Now it's not, um, um, it's not correct in a numerical sense, but it's just, they share the algae as well. And then, uh, you know, this goes on for, from generation to generation. So there, these relationships are, uh, most of the time they are permanent, but they can be also temporary, some organisms just can, you know, acquire algae from the environment. And instead of digesting it, they can just keep them inside and they um, share the resources the algae produces from uh, algae produced from the photosynthesis. And there are very interesting um, examples of this. Uh, For example, there are some microorganisms that can um, that have these algae inside and they protect algae from viruses. And it's so interesting because the virus cannot infect algae. And yes, that's also a thing that, you know, some microscopic organisms get infections as well and viral infections as well. So it just, the host is just providing like a immune system, to you know, it's endosymbionts.
1: Um, oh wow, that's so interesting um, um, that it's providing the yeah the immune system. Um, that's fascinating well thank you for that question also
3: i have a question if i may ask so uh, james what about the quantitative information because at the beginning you just mentioned about uh, producing data and i was just wondering to ask you about transcriptomes and those kind of data uh, Mm -hmm. first of all and uh, when you just compare all of those data uh, and you explain about the colonies so, what was the role of the invasive species in comparison with the symbioses in those colonies? Did you find any further information around that?
2: Um, I'm 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 not sure about the question though. Colonies of uh, colonies of
3: what? Let's be back to the first part, which uh, is the data okay. from the transcriptomes. So, did you? I mean. Uh, During I do not mention
2: the transcript. Yeah, I, I'm I asking you, me...
3: is that possible? That... Ah,
2: okay. Um, not really, because um, the, mi- uh, the microbes that I'm working on, they are super rare, and we are just focusing on the, like a partial, um, you know, just part of their genome. So we are not doing anything you know, like advance in genomics, but we are just getting, acquiring the 18S data. And then we are creating the phylogenetic tree based on the 18S data. And in most of the cases, it just, um, you know, like our microbes, they don't have any genomic data in the genus or in the family. It's just like, it's really, really um, tricky to, do anything more advanced than just creating phylogenetic trees, uh, you know, based on the 18S sequencing.
3: I see. It means that it's never go to the mRNA level or Mm -hmm. kind of hybridization or those kind of things. And uh, the second part that was about the invasive species, did you find any invasive species and what is your, I mean, comment about? those species?
2: Um, I've never found
3: an invasive
2: species, I think, but it's... Um, but I'm not sure if, if there's a term, you know, in microbes especially, that um, I don't think a microbe can be invasive. Uh, um, you're not asking for like causing
3: infections or something, right? This is just like... No, in between uh, the yeah. In comparison be- in between other species actually that's a novel term that they are using and i was just wondering maybe you have further information
2: uh with with microbes microbes are like they are cosmopolitan so they you can find them everywhere and it's not um i don't think any microbe is called invasive before so it's just um because it's common to find them everywhere it's just uh, they distribute it everywhere. And if it's their habitat, you can find them. And if it's not their habitat, if if they, for example, if a freshwater microbe ends up in, you know, like in a marine habitat, it cannot just live there and it just dies. But um, so if a microbe uh, prefers to live in, you know, this um, anoxic sediment of freshwater habitats, there's a chance you're going to find, this microbe everywhere, there is this uh, anoxic sediment with the same properties or with the preferred properties, regardless of the, um, you know, geography. You can find them in China, you can find them in Brazil, you can find them, you know, in the US. So it's, um, yeah, they, they are not invasive, but they're just, you know, natural, I think uh invasive species, I think they appear more uh, when you when you become you know when you go higher in the um, size and then uh, yeah that's the thing I think
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, any had um, a last question if you still have a few minutes um, if there's any Viral symbiotes, like um, you know the symbiotes as you mentioned before, if there's mm-hmm. something like that with viruses, and mm-hmm. um, yeah. And is there any of those classified as such? Uh, that don't have endobiomes. Okay. Um,
2: I'm I'm not sure if it's it would be possible to have a uh, viral in the symbionts, but uh you can have. Although, like, it's not my, you know, it's not my expertise, but um, uh, you can have some, you know, viruses as dormant in your cells, but uh, but that doesn't mean they're endosymbiotic. Endosymbiosis is um, more like, you know, uh, the host is pro- providing something for the endosymbiont, and endosymbiont is providing some something for the host. Uh, but since viruses, they get activated within the cells. Um, I don't think they can. They can have this kind of relationships. And, but yeah, as I said, I... It's, viruses are not my expertise at all. So I've never seen one under the microscope.
1: Um, yeah, and well, the only thing I can think of, we had the guest speaker here that in the mangrove. Um, where mangroves um, grow they found these humongous bacteria they are really really mm-hmm. big and they have kind of organelle compartment compartment mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and i think the viruses that that live with them basically give them the ability to form these organelles partially at least. I think that's the only, but it's not really symbiotic, but it's maybe goes Mm -hmm. a little bit in that direction. That's the only example I can think of. Um, I have to find Um, the paper. I I don't have it right now, but yeah. uh, yeah, I'm
2: familiar with the research team behind uh, that discovery as well. yeah, but I, I don't have any remarks on the endosymbiotic uh, viruses, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, That's and then Annie also asked, how would you like what would you need to be able to visualize a, um, a virus?
2: Uh, no, why why you cannot see viruses with a light microscope because they are smaller. Uh, well, they're gi- giant viruses, but um, they're still, I think, 400 nanometers or 500 nanometers, which is super small still. So it's, uh, they're smaller than the wavelength of the light. So you cannot visualize them with a light microscope. Um, and you need an electron microscope, either you know like scanning electron microscope or transmitted uh, electron microscope to be able to um, create a picture of them. Uh, but it's impossible to do that with a light microscope.
1: Yeah, and um, and then you cannot have this pretty video <laughs> because the no, like, microscope microscope.
2: Um, not fresh, like. no, nobody can make a video of a virus yet. I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about the advancements in um, electron microscopy and stuff. But um, no, you can just take photos because you need to fix. Uh, your subject on like a metal plate, and you need to cover it with, with um, I don't know. In most of the cases, with gold, I think, which is um, you know you need to fix your thing, and then you need to shoot electrons on it and just create a picture from the uh, from the reflected electrons. I think so. It's you can only get a video of it. Uh, you can only get a photo of it or a mm-hmm. very still one frame video of it, yeah.
1: Yep, I I agree. And um, yeah, thanks for all these interesting questions. And James, thank you so much for answering all of these questions. And um, it was such an honor having you here and we will follow (laughs) your research, work, video making, uh, <laughs> at least I will follow it um, and it made it even more interesting and 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 um, yeah, uh, thank you so know. much for
2: <laughs> having me. and it was great talking to you guys. and uh, yeah, I hope it was fun to listen,
1: yeah, I had a lot of fun. I hope you had fun and um <laughs> Yeah, hope you'll come back one day, maybe next year or so, when you publish your papers. Yeah. That would yeah. be amazing. And yeah. Um, yeah, everyone follow this YouTube channel. is amazing. It's really interesting. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, stay tuned for the microscopes that will be available soon. <laughs> <laughs> thank then you so much. Discover microbes maybe.
2: <laughs>
1: okay, thank yeah, you. James, it was yeah, a
2: thank pleasure. You. <laughs> thank you. you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you so much.
1: Bye, James. And oh yeah, um, just a quick announcement. Uh follow the club if you like um discussions like this. Uh tomorrow we'll have Dr. Oliver talking about how managed to use aluminium nanoparticles to produce hydrogen out of um, regular water you know hydrogen is important for like um, different type of fuel um and it's quite you know expensive and not easy to do and he's working on on that type of research and then we'll have a room um, next week monday again with Dr. Ed Boyden from MIT um, if you never heard of him, check him out. Um he's one of the most impressive and also important uh, technology developments uh, for neuroscience tools. Uh he did like major um technology development that um that we all use. Um so he will talk about this work, uh tools that image and control the brain. Uh, he's really nice and really impressive and a great person to talk to and it will be a similar style. Um, he did so much important work. You cannot really just have one paper up here that would be way too limiting. So I will do the same thing. I'll post his website and different papers in the chat and then we'll have a discussion where he describes his work. and and the impact and how you came, how he came to do this work. So thank you so much, everyone. Um, maybe hear you again tomorrow. It will be an interesting room and yeah, enjoy the rest of your day, morning, wherever you are. And thank you, Dr. Shah for- Thank you, Katerina,
3: for holding such a wonderful room, the same as always and saying bye to everyone.
1: Thank you, okay. Close the room in three, two, one. 2, Bye, everyone.